Hello everyone, welcome to Fireside Friends. This is episode 20. I'm Ryan Brisson, and with me are my co-hosts, Alan Ibrahim. It's me! It's Alan. How are you, Alan? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you for asking. Uh, the, the sun is shining, I guess. No, it's really cold out. What? <laughs> it's getting to that <laughs> is season. Is it really cold out? It was really nice here. It's There was a lot of sun, but then it was like a cold sun, which is also... Hmm. <laughs> it's a good band name, I think? Cold Sun? I don't know. Uh, but we're getting to that season. I, I like so much this fall. Nice uh, colder weather. I'm wearing sweatpants. It's a good time. Katie Murray is also a co-host, and she's also here. Hello! Here I am! How are you, Katie? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, pretty Great. well. Pretty well. Confirmed <laughs> by Katie herself. Uh, I guess we should reiterate, or I should reiterate, that we are a podcast that talks about nerd stuff. We talk about pretty much everything. I've been trying to boil it down to what exactly we talk about. And I came up with nerd stuff. I don't know. Solid. We talk about your movies, your comic books, your TV shows, your video games. And uh, your anime. All that sort of stuff. Your anime. I should have just said anime first. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, this episode we have another guest as we usually do around these parts. We have Mike. Mike is here. Hi. Hi, um, Mike. How are you? I'm I'm good. Um, I I I've said this about four times so far with each subsequent introduction to <laughs> the, the members of the team, but I'm tired um, uh-huh. of everything, especially your s- silly election cycle. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm very happy to be here. Actually, um, uh-huh. it's. It's lovely to be on a podcast, on another podcast, especially a podcast that I'm not having to edit at the end. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's always the best. <laughs> I was actually on a podcast recently that I thought I didn't have to edit, but then it turned out that <laughs> the editor oh, no! was super busy, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll help you, but man. <laughs> but I like editing. I don't want to sound like I don't like editing podcasts. I do, but it's a lot of, it's just a lot of time. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, different tastes, I guess. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners who you are and what you do, Mike? Okay, I'm I'm Mike. I'm 25. I'm going to be 26 next month. Holy crap! Uh, <laughs> I am a writer of various types, a musician. I am. Trans on the woman side, uh, my pronouns are she slash her, but sometimes I'm a bit more agender, so, you know, do with that what you will. Um, mm-hmm. But mostly what I do, what I try to do is write stuff for, well, what I've been doing for the last year is an MA in writing musical theatre, so I wrote a musical. Um, I didn't end up writing the music for that, but I wrote the, the book and lyrics or a musical Ooh, and sort nice. of put on in London. Um, and I do a lot of writing of my own weird alternative pop, which is what I'm concentrating on at the moment, trying to get an album, a solo album out. Ooh, that's exciting. Awesome. Uh, and uh, I play less video games than I'd like and get introduced to anime by my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, that's my life. 
Well, you're on the right podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... Uh, that's awesome. Uh, real quick, I don't want to turn this into an interview, but I'm wondering what got you into music and stuff. Like, what what got me into music? Um, yeah. <sighs> or is that too I much think... of a loaded question? <laughs> it's it's a huge it's a huge question, but I mean, I think it's partly because I grew up as I think probably a lot of people did, watching a lot of Disney films and other mm. musical stuff. Um, and also because um, with my disability, with my disfigurement, my disability, I was in hospital a whole bunch, which often also meant having my eyes uh, unusual. You know, I would have a bandage over my eyes or whatever, so audio would be pretty important um i'm partially i am partially deaf as well so i'm i kind of feel sort of attachment to my to my hearing in and and i don't know beyond that music is just music um Mm -hmm. and i spent like the first 20 years of my life thinking i wasn't allowed to do it i wasn't able to do it i couldn't do it and now here i am um doing it Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, this is the part of the show where we usually go around and ask people what they've been up to. Uh, I'm going to st- I'm going to pick on Katie first because she was talking about stuff before we recorded. What have you been up to, Katie? All right. So uh, recently, there have been this so many games getting released. You know, there's the Skyrim remastered, uh, New Sims. City Living expansion for the fourth game. Civ 6 came out. Uh, the Pokemon heckin' what's it called? Demo. <laughs> so I have had a full schedule of video games. And also anime yeah. because I'm watching currently airing things. Um, mm. But right, I feel like whenever whenever I hopped on Discord, it's like, oh, Katie's playing Civ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Let me just say, I have um, probably around 150 hours in Civ already, and Whoa. it came out on like <laughs> the 21st of October, and it is currently November 4th, so do with that information wow. what you will. <laughs> <laughs> but I really love Sim 6, so, um, you know, that's that, and... Uh, uh, but mostly, I think, even though I have played Civ Six a lot more compared to um, the new Sims expansion, I think I'm going to talk about the Sims expansion um, today because mm-hmm. I think that culturally, it is an amazing expansion. Um, so, first of all, City Living, it introduces apartments as well as festivals and stuff like that. Um so it's a lot less loading screens than the traditional uh, neighborhoods that you played in and like the base game and the vanilla version. It has like, you have your apartment, um, you can visit neighbors, your neighbors can keep you up at night because they're making noise. Um, but then you can take a trip down the elevator and go into this plaza and different festivals will be held there. So... Mm-hmm. Um, one that I want to talk about in particular is the Spice Festival. And they're also, like, unrelated to the expansion. They have a a Dia 
De Los Muertos event going on. So Ooh. it's really cool because they have brought in tons of like uh like Latinx culture type stuff. There's mm-hmm. Indian food, there's Asian food, all different types of stuff. Um, there's even like historical monuments to like famous chefs and uh, you know, cool. the invention of puffer fish nigiri and there's like curry contests and a hookah but they call it a bubble blower um (laughs) all right (laughs) and uh i don't know it's really cool um a lot of the outfits they added in are amazing they added in turbans and hijabs so you can basically have like a muslim sim and i think that is the coolest thing ever not to mention there was a free gender update they did a while back where you can, you know, craft your custom gender and it'll still use male or female pronouns like she, her, binary mm-hmm. type stuff. But you can say like, hey, my sim can't get pregnant or my sim can or it can impregnate other people or I go to the bathroom sitting up or st- standing yeah. and I prefer masculine clothing but i have a feminine frame and it's just really cool how fully customizable it is um so i mean i typically have a lot of like gripes with ea as far as like how much money the dlc costs and sometimes games are broken and buggy but this one aside from like some minor bugs seems to be really cool and i mostly just appreciate like the cultural aspect to it more so than uh, complaining about like, oh, well, you know, sometimes my sims just stand up whenever they're in the middle of eating and that bothers me. But, you know, it's not about that. It's about <laughs> like, hey, you know, like my sim has a hijab and was fully clothed and is definitely Muslim and is definitely brown and we're eating Indian food and it's cool. It's fun. They also have Geek Con. So you can go cosplay and stuff and uh, play video games. Um, and well, yeah. You can play a video game in your video game. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Can you play Can you play The Sims in The Sims? You can, actually. They have My Sims Go, <laughs> and that is the thing you can play on the computer. You can also yeah. play Sims Forever on the computer. So, yeah. Or you could just play The Sims forever. Forever, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you can also play they added in like console gaming for this this uh not not that you can play The Sims on the console, but I mean like they added a console into the game. And you can play oh. the game Destiny uh De- oh, excuse me, Density Effect with an A. Not oh, to be confused cute. with Mass Effect. <laughs> it's Density Effect. So, yeah, my sim has been enjoying that very much. Nice. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, how about you, Alan? What's up? What's up with you? It's time for the anime corner. Oh, boy. <laughs> Katie got I'm away from it and I'm bringing it. it back. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping up the positive streak, I have uh, several episodes right now into Cowboy Bebop, actually. Ooh, oh, dang. Heard about that one. Oh, it's so you watched some of it, correct, Ryan? I've watched. I need to rewatch 
it's been too long i've already forgotten what happened but i've enjoyed what i remember enjoying what i've seen of it so far nice i digress it is as someone who you know through much of my youth was it just like samurai shampoo is the best anime it kind of is just like no but you didn't know you didn't know what there was something much better out there from the same people (laughs) and it's like the Mm -hmm. same exact setup but just aesthetically and tonally, the way that it tells its stories is so, so up my alley. Because I'm a big fan of, like, minimalism and, like, tell me as little as possible and leave it to me to figure out. It's why I always gravitate towards David Lynch's work. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is just, like, up for interpretation. Um, and there's definitely some Lynchian stuff in aspects of Cowboy Bebop. A lot, a lot of, like, the flashbacks and the more scary episodes. But in general, it it builds on the basic premise of Space Cowboys in a way that is handled really elegantly and with a lot of class um Mm -hmm. because it it never it never like builds up too much story um at any point there isn't that much backstory to any of the characters that you need to know i've heard that parts of the back half of that show and the movie suffer because they're kind of like hey you know spike spiegel what about his dad (laughs) you're like no this is all the other anime i don't need to know about the dad It's just the man with the gun, and it's uh, Steve Bloom. I'm watching it dubbed because I'm the kind of anime fan that likes to watch certain shows dubbed, not all of them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really fun. It's very 90s. It's very, like, entertaining. And then just more than anything, uh, and this is sort of cribbing off of our friend Jackson's kind of takes on this show from recent, the free, a recent episode of their podcast. Uh, it doesn't tell stories the way a lot of, like, American television does. Because instead, mm-hmm. instead of it being about, like, big arcs, you know? It's just like, here's a movie, and it's 20 minutes long, and then it's done. Anyways, moving right along. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And it's like 25 episodes, so it's like, it doesn't, it's not over long. It's just the right length. And then there's a movie that I hear is, you know, hit or miss with people. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely the good, like, way to get back into anime if you kind of lapsed at any point and you're kind of interested in that sort of less episode to episode storytelling. You want to see some interesting visual stuff mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I there's just so much to watch. I I was gonna say that I was gonna watch it, but there's a lot of stuff to watch. Oh yeah, I don't know yeah. When I'm going to get to it, but I will at some point. Um, what about you, Mike? What's been going on? Is there anything in particular you wanted to talk about? Well, my thing is anime as well, but I I don't re- I don't know Cowboy Bebop at all, so I don't know how set, how far from it um my thing is but um for like the last six weeks i don't know how many weeks or so my girlfriend has been showing me card captor sakura ah nice (laughs) (laughs) katie popped (laughs) and i i i love it i'm i'm it is entirely my thing um I just I love the aesthetic of that period of anime. I love the the the, the two dimensionality of the, the 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 art, but also how vivid it is. is. I love the music. I I just I I I love it so much, and I do like Magical Girl anime quite a lot. Heck um, yeah! <laughs> same. And and I don't know. I've been shown quite a lot of anime in the last five years, um, but probably 
Sakura, um, a, a, a very short anime called Sora no Oto, um, and I don't know, but those are probably my two favourites at the moment, um, for quite different reasons, but Sakura is just so life-affirming and calming at a time when I need that. Mm-hmm. Right. It is really important, I think, to have something like that, like a soothing kind of like a zero energy, zero effort show to just enjoy and make you happy. Mm. Um, kind of all the time, but especially lately um, in all of our lives. And that yeah. show is just gorgeous to look at from the parts that I've seen of it. Like, it's just a really fun bubbly thing that reminds us yeah. that things are okay somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Sakura learns like a mantra that she'll repeat over and over constantly through the, sh- through the show, which is everything will definitely be okay, which Ooh. I need. And I think we all need. Um, mm-hmm. And like since Tuesday night, I've actually been posting a GIF from the show with that just before I go to sleep. Um, you know, it's, and I will be doing that at least until Tuesday night. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's 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 my gushing out of the way. Nah. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Um, I guess for me, I don't have any cute anime to talk about. <laughs> uh, I've been playing Nuclear Throne, which is like the exact opposite of cute anime. <laughs> Um, if you don't know what that is, it is a game made by William Beer, um, and it is a very, like, fast-paced kind of bullet hell shooter sort of deal, um, and it's, I've been really stressed out the past couple weeks, and I, like, got back into it just because I needed a, like, a thing to to keep my mind off of stuff, and that game is so intense and, like, over like almost overwhelmingly so that i've been kind of obsessively playing it uh every day for the past few days and just trying to get far because it's it's a roguelike um and i think there are like eight stages eight like levels because i I tend to go into games blind uh but for roguelikes especially there's so many like secrets and like mechanics that aren't really apparent to you when when you've go into them blind so i've been like reading up on how certain mechanics work and stuff like that um but yeah that's kind of like my stress relief uh thing that i've been doing Ooh. and then uh i've mentioned before but still watching hannibal i'm in season three now towards like the back half of it almost done with it um it gets really good in season three not that it was like bad before but um season three is really where it turns and they drop all of the procedural stuff that was in the first two seasons and turn for more like a we mentioned lynch before but like sort of a more like abstract uh lynchians uh sorts of uh things there's no like really subplots or anything it's just they are just not afraid to be abstract with uh, the stuff that they're doing with that show. And so, uh, yeah, really been enjoying that as well. Um, that's kind of it. It's kind of the short of it for me. Um, I guess if you'll allow me to be mad at Nintendo again, I can go on about <laughs> Animal Crossing because uh, they put out that free update. 
and they added a bunch of stuff except for skin tone options for some reason but if you do the me mask the skin color on the me mask it encompasses the whole character instead of their face now because you know me masks totally still fit in with the art of the game yeah the aesthetic of the game totally doesn't disrupt it at all they don't fit in they don't at all Uh, I read this like Polygon article that's like it wasn't. It's not perfect, but it's something. I'm like, <laughs> no. I it's mean, not pr- yeah. okay. it's not progress. But Happy Home Designer had fully customizable skin tones, so why can't New Leaf? It's the same technology. Like they yeah. look exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's really baffling to me why they don't let you do that. And I guess my kind of, like, analytical thing of it is, like, for me, Animal Crossing is this game about living some sort of fantasy. And for me, that fantasy has has always been, like, gender expression and, like, talking to cute pets and having having the citizens of that town, like, respect me regardless of how I present and stuff like that. And when you're not... When you're not allowing me to be brown, you are telling me that that fantasy is only for white people. Yeah. And that really gets under my skin. Well, yeah. yeah. White people and tanned white people. Because the only way that you're ever going to get darker is if you go to the beach. So that's Mm -hmm. uh, something to take away. Right? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. That's been a point of frustration for me especially seeing yeah. people be enthusiastic about it i'm not going to be mad at anybody for being enthusiastic about it but uh it's just it's too much of a bummer for me to keep playing it personally yeah um, i mean i've yeah. been playing it obsessively for the last month in press in preparation for the update and i mm-hmm. you know because partly because i'm because of whatever, you know, I hadn't really uh, clocked on to that. I didn't know that this was a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think even when we enjoy stuff we're enjoying, it's vital that we know what others aren't into. Right. And what, what's turning people off from stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a very good point, yeah. I mean... Like, for me, Animal Crossing, what, I mean, that was the first game, I think, that I ever, like, officially broke a thousand hours into, um, <laughs> and I loved it as, like, a, a calming mechanism, because as somebody with, like, really oh. ridiculous social anxiety and, like, feeling isolated all the time, I could just have all these friends who were really cute animals and always seemed to like me, no matter what I did, um, but then, you know, like, slowly... You, you know, being native, they had uh, a headdress that you can buy and wear. And I'm like, I, I don't know how I feel about that too much. Um, oh. And then whenever you first talked to me about it, Ryan, I was like, yeah, it's a pretty calming game. And like, you can wear dresses and stuff. So it's really cool. And um, but then you uh, mentioned like, oh, well. What about skin color? And I was like, you know, I never thought about that, but that is really bothersome. Oh. And I guess yeah. like 
that has disenchanted me from playing the game a lot because I haven't necessarily been as excited over the update as I would have been. Um, I haven't played it in months either. I've just been doing other things. Um, and it's mm -hmm. like, you know, not that you're not allowed to enjoy things because right. you can enjoy whatever. Cool. But that's definitely something that really bothered me um, once I was woke to the issue <laughs> and um i definitely i i guess for me i instead of wanting an update for new leaf i think it would just be better at this point to make a new animal crossing game um for the ds and just include skin color like they had in happy home designer and just have like start fresh turn over a new leaf I think they should do that. <laughs> you did it. You did it. Smooth. So. Yeah. I am curious if the mobile Animal Crossing is more interesting in that way and has more options because oh. I don't I don't even remember me, Tomo. Is it weird that I like don't remember <laughs> oh, a single yeah. thing about yeah. the fucking game? I actually <laughs> signed on to me, Tomo, the other day. So that was interesting. What? With your Wait, you fetal in a corner, like crying. <laughs> Please talk to me. Answer some quiz questions. One of my friends still actively uses it. Just one of oh, them. Wow. Nobody else. Wow. Ooh. So, yeah. I tried. Uh, I, I deleted it like three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I liked Mitomo, but it was too. Yeah. It. There wasn't enough there, and the UI was like way too confusing. Yeah, I felt the same me. way. Yeah. Yeah, and it came after all the Alice and Rap stuff too, and that's oh, yeah. me on Yeah, so I good know. episode of our podcast, though. Yes, good episode. <laughs> Go listen to that one. <laughs> oh God, but um, yeah, I don't know. For me, Telmo, like it had okay, so it was just too clunky for me, and having OCD, like I needed to read and hear right. everybody's answers, and like right. I would sit there for like an hour like tapping through all these answers and I still wouldn't even make a dent in like all of my friends right. like things. And I was like, well, oh. I can't do this. Goodbye. And that's yeah. why they I left me it, Tomo. Yeah. They made it way too hard to navigate that stuff, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I saw someone playing Pokemon Go today. Oh, oh God. wow. <laughs> Talking about Nintendo apps that we thought were dead. Somebody was totally playing a Pokemon Go. The Halloween so. update was so sad. Did y'all look into what they did for no. the Halloween update? Yeah, no, there they, was a Halloween update. Yeah, there were like tons of ghost Pokemon everywhere in Cubone and stuff. They just increased the rate. They made it like almost exclusively ghost and uh, certain types of Pokemon, and then uh, increased the candy drops or something. Which is like that's not enough to get someone to play Pokemon Go unless they were already <laughs> playing it. In which case, they were in there either way. So yeah. yeah. But hey, I mean, sun we... and moon's coming out soon. Sorry, go ahead. Hmm. I was just saying, we still play a bunch, but uh, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess I've seen a bit of a drop-off from people right. playing. Certainly much less people like sharing stuff on Twitter. Although sure, yeah. the people who do still do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, and it's it's great if you still got like, go for walks and you have a you know a couple of people that you play with or something like it's still lovely. Yeah, it is what it was at the beginning. It didn't get worse or anything. It's just like no. uh, you know, yeah. For yeah. me, it just kind of dropped off. 
Well, yeah, me too. For me, mostly, like I loved going out and finding Pokemon and like tracking them down and stuff. And you know, I definitely understand like Niantic's position because they did not expect Pokemon Go to be as giant as it was. So their servers were like, ah, uh, constantly. Um, and that's why they removed the tracking and stuff like that until they can get a hang of like a better system. But without the tracking, like, uh, that's not really, I don't know. Because my whole thing was, I'm going to go out and catch these Pokemon, but now I don't know where they are. So. Mm. How am I going to do that? I don't know. So I just haven't been. If I, I will say though, if I go out for a run or for a walk, I do play it. But I don't like make a point to and interrupt my day to play it like I used to. So. Right. By the next podcast episode, Sun and Moon will probably be out. I got that shit pre-ordered. Ooh, Me too. Ooh. I have Moon. So. Me too. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, my girlfriend has Sun. Pre-ordered. If it, when we listen to this, she will tell me otherwise. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I, I'm quite I, actually quite tempted by Moon because I enjoyed the demo a lot. Yes. Um, I like the demo too. Solid demo. Like previously, I tried playing other Pokemon games and only completed um, Black and love Black. Um, it's so good, yeah. But uh, and there's something about the, the the little bit that was in the demo and stuff that felt different enough that I kind of want to try it again. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of potential in Pokemon for me, but I don't. I never quite get into it apart from that one time with Black. Um, I hadn't played Black the last time we talked about Pokemon on probably still our most popular episode. <laughs> yeah, episode three. <laughs> should so. I stay or should I Pokemon? The first episode you were on, Katie, is that accurate? Yes, the first episode I was on. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> a classic. Um, I've since played it and I started playing Black 2 uh, and it's not as good. Mm. It's just harder. It's like, yeah. I don't want difficult Pokemon, you know, but yeah. the the Sun and Moon demo is just like, I don't know, there aren't really, like, traditional gyms. You're just kind of, like, going to fight these tribes. Maybe there's going to be, like, more gym stuff, and it's going to be way bigger, and the perspective is nice, and riding Pokemon is cool. It's just, and you like, can take pictures of them? That was my favorite. Take... Yeah. And that's, yeah. like, a mechanic to progress I mean, that's so cool. I mean, Pokemon Snap is yes. a winner, instant yeah. winner. <laughs> <laughs> yep. God, I love that game. Yeah. Uh, I just like the demo because it finally told you what the hell the the moves do when you click on. Oh them. yeah, yeah. Small, small thing, but good thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I don't, I'm not like super familiar with Pokemon, so I'm like, what I this this move is like kind of a description, but it doesn't actually tell me what it does. But yeah. now you could just now it just tells you, and I'm like, well, you did now you made it a little bit easier for me. So. And see, I think Ooh. that's awesome because I love when games are made more accessible because like I love a sense of community and I love playing games that other people play and I really really do not like it when some form of difficulty like bars that like it bars Mm -hmm. a shared experience and I really I've never liked that and it's just funny because you know like I keep up with the Pokemon Facebook page because that's where like you know they'll post their videos of like the announcements uh, for the upcoming games and there will be people in the comments like, well, you're making this game too easy and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, 
Well, first of all, Pokemon is a game for 10-year-olds. Their target audience is children, okay? So let's get that out of the way. Second of all, don't be an elitist. Let people have fun. Let people play games, too. So go away. Thank you. Goodbye. I don't need to hear your commentary. But I don't know. So I'm I'm yeah. really loving the fact that like oh after you fight this Pokemon, um it'll tell you what moves are super effective against it and also here's a description of the move and have fun take your pictures I'm gonna do the cute Alola wave thing and have a good time oh. on this island. So that's my take. <laughs> yeah. Um, are we on time? Uh, is that it? Do you all want to take a break? That sounds fine with me. I'm good with anything. Yeah, all right. We'll be right back. back and we're here to talk about the 2016 film Zootopia uh who is it directed by let me look at this IMDb page I am staring at because I'm a good podcast host a bunch Uh, of white dudes that are white Brian Howard Richmore and Jared Bush co-directed it I don't know what that means when you have two directors and then another co-director but uh, yeah those those folks uh directed this film um I guess I'll turn it over to Mike, who has a Disney podcast. Um, <laughs> I guess what I want to ask is like your general thoughts on the movie before we dig deep into it. So for the, like, the, the two years of development, when I was watching concept art of this film come out and stuff, I was kind of super not interested at all because it mm. sounded so odd couple heteronormative thing mm-hmm. and just not like very interesting um i didn't give it credit beforehand that i should have i guess for world building which i think it really does well um uh-huh. i think you know the locations are fantastic and the way and the adaptations to different animals which really should be modelled in real life for disabilities um, are fantastic. Um, I saw it when it came out over here in February, I think, and it was okay. I didn't enjoy it as much as 
others I might have enjoyed, but it was fine enough. Um, mm-hmm. And then I watched it this morning, and I actually quite enjoyed it a lot. Um, nice. But like throughout, like when I was posting anything about it or retweeting anything about it on the Castle to Castle podcast Twitter, I would always insist that people, whenever possible, defer to critics of colour um, mm-hmm. who know what they're talking about with regards to institu- institutional racism because mm-hmm. there were a lot of white pundits and Disney fans and critics saying, this is an amazing film, It's t- you know, take your kids to see it. They'll learn all they need to know about institutional racism. Um, <laughs> and I was like, no, please stop. If you're going to, if you're going to have this opinion, yeah. at least, you know, also retweet the critics of color who are critiquing it and criticizing it. Um, because yeah. you don't really know. Right. And neither do I. So that, and that's why I'm retweeting these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll come back to that stuff later. Um, Katie, what did you think generally about Zootopia? I think this is your first time seeing it, right? Yeah, yes, this is my first time seeing it. I tried to watch it um, another time, but family things got in the way, so I only got like halfway through. Um, but yeah, so this is the first time I've seen the whole movie. Um, I thought it was really pretty. Um, I liked yeah. uh, a lot of the like modeling and stuff like that. I thought it looked really awesome. Like I would just notice like oh, all these trees look so nice um, kind of thing. And I would appreciate, like, the lighting done. Um, and I thought it was pretty cute. I actually cried um, at the at the <laughs> scene where she was, like, apologizing to Nick. Um, mm-hmm. So so did she. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> same, same, Judy. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I... How do I how do I explain? It it tried, I guess. Yep. Um, it sure did. It it definitely <laughs> tried. I just wish it gets it gets the star with the Comic Sans text on it. Yeah, I just wish <laughs> it was. I don't know. I felt like there were yeah. there were a lot of like concepts that were too muddled and like mm-hmm. uh, flipped. Uh, of, of like you know I feel like it would have made more sense for like the predator to say this or the prey to say this kind of thing if we're going for like the racism dynamic which was very obviously what it was about so mm-hmm. um I, I don't know it's I wouldn't say I walk away feeling totally disappointed um, because you know mm-hmm. it's better than doing nothing and at least there is some form of effort being put into stuff. I like to think of things like positively, like, oh, you know, well, they didn't just sit and do nothing at least. Or, you know, and the movie on the note that, so, uh, yeah, uh, all predators are awful savages. Goodbye. Have a nice day. That's the movie. So, uh, but there, it, there's still a lot, a long way to go. There's still more to work yeah. on. And, um, yeah. But overall, I would say it was an enjoyable movie. I like the music, mm-hmm. and I think it looked pretty. So, mm-hmm. Alan, how about you? I took notes on this one, 
because <laughs> there was just a lot of quotes that I was pulling out. It's such a, it's a really dense movie, in my opinion, to its detriment. Um, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a ton. There's a ton going on in the story and visually. Like you could frame by frame this movie and pick out like six trillion Easter eggs because it takes place in a city. Ooh. It's kind of deliberately like crammed with visual references and nods. Like uh, as soon as I saw Judy go looking at her not exactly iPod and there was all the song parodies, I was like, oh yeah. my god, everything is gonna be this. It's all gonna be these like animal puns and the imdb the imdb page it's like full of uh parody posters of current movies with animals mm-hmm. on them which is kind of cute mm-hmm. um and they have one where judy is uh ray from the force awakens which is good but oh, nice yeah nice. They, they, and, and they can that do out. that and they can do yeah it's real good <laughs> um but i also felt like in terms of storytelling that stuff led to it feeling kind of uh bloated especially in the back half yeah like mm. This movie definitely goes somewhere for an hour and then stops. And it's like, I looked at the time, like Judy's being congratulated for, for stopping the bad guys. And it's like, no, but there's 40 minutes left in this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> for them to be like, no, but also. And then my problem with that was they didn't really say much else. They just kind of did the like, no, but the bad guy was really number two, not number one, like you thought. Mm. And it's yeah. like, but all of that time, all of that slow ass pacing. And you barely, you like, you only said a little bit of stuff about what I thought this movie was going to be about, which was all about like how we judge people based on their the who they are and where they come from, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it was like a little bit disappointing, but I did like a lot of it. I don't want it to sound like I didn't, you know, enjoy it. Yeah, um, I agree with all of y'all, um, and I guess. I don't have to repeat anything that you all said, but I do want to <laughs> jump into the thing that we've been kind of avoiding this whole time. And it's that, uh, how this movie deals with, uh, the allegories to institutionalized racism and stuff like that. Um, and so I just want to, I just want to say real quick, don't make them predators. If you're going to do the race thing, because that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Um, because in that in that second half of the movie, we do, like, where she solves, quote unquote, solves the crime and stuff. We do get that, like, 90% of the city is prey and we need to, you know, kind of alienate the predators and by invoking, like, oh, they're going to be savage, whatever. And that's... The scene that made me the most uncomfortable with that stuff was like after her press conference where people start to think, oh, maybe the predators are not so cool. Uh, you get that like montage of people just like doing the things that people do when they see people of color that and they're like, you know, shitty white people that don't trust them. And they're like sitting on the bus with them and then moving their child a little closer and that kind of stuff. And you're yeah. like, oh, it's so it hurts. It's like a, it's heavy handed. And also they miss the mark by by. Yeah, like you said, trying to suggest that in any way marginalized people are like the savage animals because like okay if we're gonna be honest here like regardless of like allegory and stuff like that if we're talking about just like straight animals like yeah predators eat prey that's like an actual that's an actual thing that happens but if we like move that onto the real world and we're talking about people of color and stuff like that that's not that's not a thing like you know people of color don't and like historically have not targeted white people and like 
you know, killed them and fought them. I would say it's the other way around. I know, exactly. And it's just like, you know, uh, very, very much um, missed the mark on that. I think, you know, maybe they could have done something, something, you know, keep animals because it's easier to talk about uh, hard subjects when you have something cute or something fun. But, like, not make it a predator versus prey dynamic because then are you saying that, like, people have a legitimate concern about people of color because historically they have been savage and targeted prey slash white people? Like, n- no. Let's let's not even go there. And um, I, I, I don't know. I... I guess, like, my major issue with the movie is, like, you know, we talked about how we've evolved and stuff like that and how nobody attacks anybody anymore. Um, The issue is this gun with the flower that, you know, you aim at people and you shoot and they go savage. It's not actually a real problem. It's just that, you know, they're being made to to act this way kind of thing. And I wish, Mm -hmm. like... You know, if we're talking about the current, uh, like, struggles we have with race in, like, the United States, I wish there was just something that we could blame it on and and move on, but that's not the case. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that, you know, somebody is, is targeting people of color with something that makes them act up or whatever. It's just literally, literally racism. So, like, that that's the issue. It's not... I, I wish there was something that was like, oh, well, the problem was actually this, so we can accept it and move on. But, like, mm. no, that that doesn't happen. And it kind of is sad, I guess. I don't know if I'm, like, properly articulating what I'm thinking. But... No, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. cool. Oh. So, Yeah. 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 If they kind of, like, by having it be like, oh, it was the flowers, they kind of, like, quote, unquote, solid racism in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, I feel like it would also be beneficial if it wasn't, like, the problem should be socially constructed. It shouldn't be like, oh, it's their biology. Because then, like, racism is a construct. But then when you're doing it on animals and you're saying, like, oh, uh, people were born, like, predators were born this way and we're bringing out this evil in them that they've had a long time ago, like, that's, that's rough because it's not actually like a social construct that is like you're bringing like like biology into it and stuff like that yeah um so if it was like if it was like a socially constructed thing that animals did instead of like relying on that biology i would feel a little bit better about it um but since it wasn't since it was very much like oh these predators were born to do this um i i felt that like was more bothersome when they did the like microaggressions as a joke i wasn't that bothered by it but that was also just like very light like stuff you would read on like a like a twitter shit post or a tumblr post that's like right uh stuff like that Um, i just feel like the i I feel like from a purely technical point like um almost like a, a screenwriting point of view trying to pull the whole only bunnies can say cute thing. Yeah. Um, mixes up your message because that like, is the, exactly yeah. what I was talking about earlier. Because, 
the race thing is supposed to be between the predators and the prey. Why yeah. is it so? Why is it between this person and that person who are only separated by social and um, and job strata? Yeah, that yeah. also confused me the first time I watched it and the second time I watched it. I was like, wait, that doesn't. <laughs> You're conflicting. That's what I meant earlier when I was saying, like, you know, it doesn't make sense for the predator to say this thing and the prey to say that thing. It's like, you know, if depending on the message you're trying to get across, like maybe instead of, you know, oh, well, one bunny can call another bunny cute. Instead of saying that, we could put it for like the line that Nick Wilde would say, like, "Uh, one fox can call another fox sly. But when other people do Mm. like that would have made more of a narrative sense to me than for judy to have that line you know what i mean it just felt uh that's what it just felt really muddled because i'm like well what message are you trying to get across here like who who is the the victim you know kind of thing like why why are we all of a sudden shifting blame to like the tiger the predator when the predator is obviously the the one who's like oppressed in this society so it's just i don't know i thought that was weird (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah but it tried (laughs) it did it did do that um yeah i don't know it's really complicated because by the end of the movie and i still i'm still i'm still like what was it really trying to go for sometimes with some of that stuff? Where it's mm. like, yeah, I don't know, the bunny stuff, and then, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Nick, you're a real articulate fella. It's yeah. One of those lines oh. that I wrote down, like, excuse God. me? God. Yeah. And then he very rightfully, when she, like, gives him the application at the end, or towards the end, and she's going out the press conference, and she's like, ah, oh, they are all based on something horrible, and they're trying to, they've been, you know, trained to not do that bad stuff anymore. He keeps using terms like them and they, and it's like he immediately tells her like, "Why? Why you're not?" She he's she at one point tells him, "You're not like the other ones," and it's like, "Oh my god, this movie is so charged, and yet it still has nothing to say." <laughs> it's like, come on, you put so much into it. You wrote that so deliberately. Now say something with it. <laughs> tell me how to fix it, because she she even gets that speech at the end, right, where she's like. Uh, at the police academy and she's like everybody be good to each other and and be open to experiences which is like that's good there's the message that you were trying to say but uh trying to to brush away the problem of this movie by being by saying it was a bunch of flowers that look like blueberries and it was the assistant mayor's fault is like very boring and very lazy yeah Mm. as a way to wrap up a very interesting plot again another purely technical point disney seemed to be really on this kick of trying to do a twist near the end that's actually not as interesting as they think it is. Mm. Um, like, I don't think um, Hans being the villain in Frozen is as interesting as all that. Um, and I don't think it's as interesting that... I, I, I don't even think that this was a film that needed a specific antagonist figure right that's a good point actually yeah yeah and i think it weakened it to have to rely on that i think so too because 
the the subject matter of the film was very conceptual and very like uh very social so to have mm. that all of a sudden like oh here's this bad guy a single lamb sheep it's like well that doesn't make much sense because she is not the entirety of society she's just mm. one sheep so and on and like on one hand, it's kind of fun because she's like super white feminist and turns out to be <laughs> completely yeah. for herself and her own her own desires, um, and that's yeah. that's nice for them to play with. Um, but yeah. she didn't need to be the central antagonist. Mm-hmm. Jenny Slade killing it as always. <laughs> It's just a weirdly likable slime ball, and then at the end you're like, "Oh, Oof. you were horrible." Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then the kind of the clever moment where they're in the museum uh, after getting out of the train, which was just like, "Hey, Breaking Bad." There's so many settings oh, in this movie yes. that are just like, "Hey, here's a reference." By the way, yeah. Walter and Jesse. Yeah, Walter, yep. and, Walter and, Jesse. and Jesse. Uh, oh. <laughs> did you just get it? Huh. Yeah. He says Walter okay. and Jesse are coming to get me my latte. I hope it has foam. Fine. <laughs> yeah, it's Breaking Bad. Um, but then after that, they go to the museum, and the way that they kind of like trick her is a with the recording thing, which is a very good like, hey, when you're like surrounded by horrible people, like you know, keep the receipts, <laughs> always record everything because that stuff can save you. That in a, that in a small way is like a really good lesson. And then also they use the stereotypes against the villain, where like Nick clearly plays the like horrible predator, and Judy plays the like confused prey. And they're like, look, look, your plan worked, but not really. You just shot blueberries at my friend's neck. That didn't work at all. We're playing you. Mm-hmm. I liked that moment. But then yeah. she gets immediately arrested. Yeah. And it's like, this movie is taking the easy route out. That was my biggest problem with it. And the paging yeah. stuff was really oh. bothersome to me. Because I like a good mystery movie. You know, I love Chinatown. I like the way this movie progresses. Um, I also have problems with the way that it, like tries a lot of like children's films do this i'm curious what y'all think about this but like so judy early on is assigned as the like traffic cop or whatever the the parking the meter maid if you will mm-hmm. and she's doing that and then she finds out about the case of the otter uh mr otterton and tries to go on that and her boss played wonderfully by uh my boyfriend idris elba uh <laughs> <laughs> who's fantastic as the police chief says like hey you can't break the rules that i set for you you're fired and then she says, I'm not fired. I'm going to solve the case. And I have a friend who recently was like, why does that work? Why are movies allowed to do that? Because that cannot happen. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> I, I actually had that exact same reaction when watching the movie. Like, you know, it's supposed to be from the perspective that, you know, the, the uh, what's his name? B- Bogo? Borgo? The, the police chief. Bogo. You know, it's yeah. supposed to be from the perspective that he is being unreasonable. And I'm like, no, but she actually did those things wrong. And he very much has the right to fire her because she she's breaking the rules. She's doing things she shouldn't have. And um, like, I also sometimes dislike how it handles, uh, I guess, like talking down to different professions because Mm. like. Yeah, sure. I guess being a meter maid is not what you were, you know, hoping for in like uh being assigned to do and what you trained for, but like why is being a meter maid so awful? Kind mm. of thing. Um mm. mm-hmm. 
I think in yeah. in those cases, it just sort of recycles the stuff that it's trying to poke fun at. It 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 does that crime of satire, just reflecting, mm-hmm. rather than like, act, actively doing something about it. Like yeah, of course we look down on them. Isn't that terrible? Like isn't that really bad? But it, yeah, it doesn't like try to do anything with that. No. Same same with the whole like new girl, new big city, and she has a terrible apartment, and they don't get into any of that economic stuff. It's just like, oh, she learned to deal with it, which is kind of inspiring in a nice way. Like she learns to deal with this awful place with her hilarious neighbors, uh, <laughs> her two male gazelle neighbors, mm-hmm. who just yeah argue at each other. Apparently, that's a reference to something, some like YouTube video, I think. Yeah. Um. Uh, but all, I, all I that stuff was alright. On... And oh yeah. I was watching it on Amazon, and they show you some like facts if you press the screen at a certain oh, yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Ooh. it's like yeah. pre-internet. It's a pre-internet meme or something about those shut-up huh. guys. Um, I do, I do have some sort of vague mimetic memory of it, but I have no idea where <laughs> I would have heard it. Yeah, it sounded. It was just the sort of like the hey, two guys yell at each other, and then they end by telling each other to shut up. Like that's the whole joke, and it is funny yeah. when they hear her and they're like, "Stop yelling! Can't you see she's having like movie conflict?" Basically, is what they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do I like, like that moment. She... I do yeah. like that I moment do like this... when I the... I yeah, go ahead. I do like that moment when she's like, "Tomorrow's another day," and the guy next door is like, "It'll it be, be worse." worse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like that whole scene where like. The sad music is playing from the radio, and it's turn like the music all, down. Yeah. All like awful, like sad songs, and then she like makes refrigerator or like microwave food, and it's like a one small carrot. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, carrot for one. I, I like that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, can we talk about the sloths real briefly? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish that they didn't show that in trailers. Yeah, I had seen pretty much that whole scene. Yeah, because that whole scene was in the trail. Like when I saw the Force Awakens, they showed that mm. whole scene. Yep, they did. That is something that happened. Yep, the Which whole is scene. Like, I know that's not. Yeah, pretty much when they get to the uh, the the uh, DMV, like that whole scene is just was just a trailer that was played before when I saw Force Awakens. Um, which is like it's that's definitely a high point of the movie. I get it, but yeah, and I, that sort of thing is nothing new. But also, it would have been nice to like see that in the context of the movie as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. like fresh. Like once you see it once, you're like, all right, it's the sloth bit. It's funny, but it yeah. it it also works way better in context because it's the whole like mm. Nick is trying to waste the whole day so that she doesn't get her job to keep get to keep her job. Like, there's that setup, and then there's the yeah. whole, like, they leave, and he's still there. That stuff is good in Khan. I just, I was like, oh, that was really funny. That was really, for some reason, made me laugh hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's real good. Uh, and then the, the stinger at the end where it's, <laughs> who's the speed demon? And then yeah. he's like, Nick. Nope. <laughs> Credits. <Yep. laughs> it's real good. Yeah. That's the the comedy stuff is why I wished that the message of the movie was better cuz I watched Inside mm. Out last year and that movie's incredible. Um uh I also think that movie has problems cuz there's no such thing as a perfect Disney movie. I'm sorry. Yep. Or a perfect movie. Yep. But uh <laughs> it, it's 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 going for something much smaller, you know, it's talking about mental health instead of like institutionalized racism like we said. But uh I don't know. I felt like I I just enjoyed that movie more, and then I expected that kind of quality out of this. But a lot of the jokes in this film 
uh, were more about like were just like animal puns, or mm-hmm. just like mm. you know playing on the fact that animals by nature are certain ways. Like uh, mm-hmm. a pretty good pun, like let's talk about the elephant in the room, and then he's like, "Yes, yeah. <laughs> Francine, happy birthday!" And she's like, "Yay, thanks!" Just... Oh my gosh, the whole Godfather. Bit yeah, I thought that good. was cute too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although it's, it's like I remember seeing Rugrats in Paris in cinemas. So it's like flashbacks. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'm totally. like, are we still doing this 16 years later? Yes, we are. Okay, cool. <laughs> we are. Cool. cool. That's fine. I still haven't seen any of the original films. Cool. Yeah, but I've seen the references. <laughs> to it. Well, the best, the best part about it in this movie is that the Godfather, Mr. Big, was played by Maurice Lamarche. Who? Let me just do a little Ooh. bit of backwards trivia for y'all. Uh, Maurice Lamarche. Also played uh, characters on Animaniacs, including the pigeons on Animaniacs, whose whole goof was that they were the Godfather characters, or they were Goodfellas. I mean, so he's just been doing that bit <laughs> for like over a decade, exactly that <laughs> bit, and they just repurposed it and made him the Don in this in this case. I guess Ugh. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yes. Uh, but I do like that Nick bought him a. A rug that was made out of a skunk butt. Yeah. Mm. And then he buried his grandmama with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also enjoy Steve Buscemi as Rat. Rat. Who sells pirated yeah. DVDs. Was that really him? Yeah. Whoa. No, it was totally him. That's awesome. He's, like, animated to look like Steve Buscemi, too. Oh, I did notice that. I wasn't sure if that was actually him. Wow. Good. Yeah. Great casting. Too many white people, but good casting. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. we got Idris Elba as the police chief. We have Octavia Spencer as uh, the otter's wife. Uh, I think that's it, folks. <laughs> oh, the young Hoff. I think yeah. young Hoffs is played by someone. Uh, that's kind of it from what I'm seeing. Then you're getting into, like, mm-hmm. bit casting. Uh, but then that's getting into, like, voice voice actors. Uh, weird racial biases yeah. um, which is a different conversation but Mike and I were actually talking between uh, segments about Disney's whole like uh, attachment to musicals and how a lot of the casting for their movies in the last couple of decades has come from like seeing what's popular in musical theater at the time and then like borrowing mm-hmm. those actors and actresses and then just kind of like putting them in the movie and then making a movie around that mm-hmm. Uh which I don't know how much of that was true to this movie, but uh, from what I read, and this also explains why a lot of the like Nick and Judy relationships feel hit or miss, like why sometimes we didn't like Judy that much, was the movie wasn't originally about Judy; it was about Nick. Mm. Mm. And then test audiences were like, "I don't want to like the, I don't want the movie to follow the asshole. I want to follow the character I like." Mm. And they had to like rewrite the whole thing a yeah. lot. So it ends up that's part of again why it feels. Uh, very disparate and very like all of the scenes are like only sort of connected by this mystery plot is because there was like a ton of rewriting stuff and that you know if you want to be hopeful in a way maybe that is part of why the message kind of got lost in translation you know Hmm. maybe Uh, I don't know I think their relationship worked pretty well I'm glad that they didn't like date yeah because like oh my god if it went in that direction I would have hated it you know, the last moment in the film when um, he's like, um, you know you love me. And she's like, do I? And she's like, yes, I do. Was 
I don't know what to make of that. Are they actually pairing them up? Um, or is it platonic love, yeah. which would be really cool? I really, that's that's I kind really of how I viewed platonic. it. Is more of that's like, how I read it. Uh, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. I I'd can like on, to, I can see there's absolutely way, no. But I'd like to read it as platonic because there's absolutely no um, build up of that at, like actual. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How romance. how much more in how much more interesting would that relationship have been if they had gone for the like interracial couple? kind of thing oh please, please. <laughs> this movie shouldn't oh. have done it some movie should have done it this movie didn't wouldn't have done it <laughs> yeah. oh, i feel like my skin is crawling after you said <laughs> those two words <laughs> sorry. oh boy sorry <laughs> yeah it's not uh, but yeah i like their relation i hope that that scene didn't imply that they were dating because that would like kind of spoil it for me because yeah uh Plutonic relationships are cool. Mm-hmm. We should have more of those in movies and not have yeah. the two main characters date. I think the same. I don't know. I feel like there wasn't enough like romantic build up to, to really kind of say that they were like together in a romantic sense. Definitely. Yeah. I think that like yeah. definitely I mean there was no there was no like kissing or any like I like you kind of thing. There was just, you know, <laughs> oh I love you. You know? Oh, yeah. So yeah, said playfully. I think if it, so I think it's platonic. I think, I think if that's how it's meant, then it was a really cool moment, um, because we don't get people unashamedly saying "I love you" in a platonic way. Enough. Definitely, right? Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. Secret best couple in this movie, I guess, is Judy's parents. Off the top of my head, because they're yeah. really charming and like nice to each other, and it's not just like a like loud wife with like a husband who's sick of it like i feel like that's like a trope that i see too much the old just like, oh, ball and chain yeah am i, I right fellas yeah. i'd rather well i got shot in the leg but uh it's uh, better than being married <laughs> yeah yeah the movie definitely doesn't <laughs> yeah it's not like saying like oh marriages are bad it's just like no but these two characters like in the case of nick and judy like they're good friends they're like partners oh yeah mm-hmm. nick's backstory with the Boy Scouts, that was a really intense scene. Mm-hmm. Oh. But that just reminded me that uh, the people who I know who have been in Boy Scouts and stuff before, while they did mostly seem to come out of it like happy, even though, like the Boy Scouts are such like a horribly corrupt organization. I'm sorry to say it. Like yes, Boy Scouts of incredibly... America. Are... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically, yeah. and like such a uh, homophobic, yeah, homophobic group. Comparatively, ours is pretty good, actually. Um. And our and our girl our guides are really good. Although I think your girl guides of America are pretty good as well. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, sc- scouting in general is much much better. Um, but I digress. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. I think. Is there any? Yeah. There's ahead, one Katie. thing I did want to mention. Is like. Yeah. Uh. As far as like, you know, being involved as involved as I am with like mental health care and stuff like that. Um, the scene where Judy basically uh, reunites in a sense with Gideon Gray um, and she's kind of mm. like, oh, hey, yeah. and he apologizes to her. Um, mm. He uses like, OK, so I don't want to be like, oh, it's very obvious he went to therapy, but a lot of like the way he's apologizing and like the terms that he's using and stuff like that are very like 
therapy rooted phrases and it kind of feels like he actually um you know probably tried to better himself in some way and i think it's cool that like instead of being like uh he was the bully and now his life sucks and whatever whatever it's like no he actually improved himself and like tried to become a better person and is now working with her family and he actually did a really great apology and everything's good with him now I thought that was really awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah, that was a sweet moment too, yeah. For sure. Yeah. It reminded me of, you know, how it feels to see your bullies again ten year, five, ten years after the fact. And, ha- you know, it's pretty uncomfortable, but often they've turned into a slightly better person than you expected. And it's weird. <laughs> And I'm glad. I'm mm-hmm. glad that Judy didn't have to spend much more time with him because I I did start feeling some sort of secondhand anxiety for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. Is there anything else, or did we hit a lot? We hit a lot. We did. So, um, I think we hit a lot. I don't know if there's anything else anybody wanted to say about it. Uh it's, Any closing thoughts or anything? I mean, it ends with the corniest like Shakira parody dance number. <laughs> ever, uh. <laughs> I yeah. wish I had that app. I want to dance with Gazelle. There's probably <laughs> apps like that. Yeah, Gazelle's beautiful. Gazelle's great. Yeah, I I really like that song. Actually, I thought it was kind of lackluster back then, but it's grown on me. Yeah, I like it too. It's a nice. It's a nice song, and it fits. Well, yeah, lyrically, it's lovely, and yeah. It fits, it fits the film. It fits the good parts of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. More films should end with like a, a Bollywood dance number kind of thing. Not that this was exactly that, but just the like and big performance go. You know, very like I don't know. Fun. No, that's pretty <laughs> much. No, no, that's pretty no, much no, no, everything no, 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 that's, no, no, no. that's every that's every, every Dreamworks movie. film. <laughs> yeah, for the last fifteen right, years. Actually. Well, let's get some live-action movies that do that, then. Yes, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, sure. There Will Be Blood ends with a great dance number. <laughs> especially, it needs to be instituted, especially if it does not follow the rest of the movie's form. Yeah. Yeah, all the characters that die, just bring them back. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. The dance sequence. Yep. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, that's Utopia. A movie about racism for white people is my sentence description. That is perfect. That. Uh, but yeah, for, overall pretty good. But again, it's a place t- lots to of problems. start. Mm-hmm. At least, it's a thing. very least. Yes. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. Let's move on to some housekeeping. Uh, I want to thank everybody who shared the last episode. Um, well, the last episode we had Shannon on. We talked about talking to versus evil and atlanta and other stuff and that was a lot of fun thank you shannon for joining us for that and uh if you haven't checked that episode out already you should do so it's really good um yeah if you want to subscribe to us on itunes you could do that uh or anywhere you can find podcasts really and you can like and rate us uh wherever you get podcasts I, to my knowledge, only one person has reviewed this podcast so far. Review so. us, please! Please! Thank you. <laughs> 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 uh, 
And uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Podcast Fireside, where we post updates on this podcast, let you know who's going to be on, etc. And then if you want to send in questions and comments, you could do so at Fireside Friends Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I think that's going to be it. Uh, Mike, where can people find you and your work? Um, you can find me on Twitter at GuySmiley22, G-U-Y-S-M-I-L-E-Y-22. Um, I have a SoundCloud, but I can't remember the extension for it right now. So um, we'll, we'll link yeah. it in the description. Yeah. We got you. And, um, <laughs> I mean, Twitter's basically the best place to find me. Um, and, you know, come and, come and have a chat. I, I like having followers to talk to and people to talk to and to blast my music at. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, soundcloud.com slash Mike Moody hyphen one is That's the it. SoundCloud link. That's Dang, it. Alan! It. Yeah. The major <laughs> thing is I can never remember where the hyphen comes in. Right. Thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us, Mike. Thank you for, honestly, thank you so much for having me. I've had a wonderful time, and if you ever want me back, just let me know. Yay! Yeah, definitely. For sure. Glad you enjoyed your stay in the the Fireside Friends Forest. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thanks again. Uh, Alan, where can people find you on the internet? I'm back on Twitter, folks. <laughs> it's twitter.com slash Alan Ibrahim. It's spelled A-L-L-E-N-I-B-R-A-H-I-M. And you have to follow me there or else. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a good else Twitter. What? It's a good brand. <laughs> or else. <laughs> or else you'll have a really bad time. No, oh, it's okay. a good. I don't. I, I still don't plan to get super duper into the discourse, but I'm like all the way back on Twitter. I'm posting selfies. I'm trying to tweet something every day. It's a good time. We're bringing positivity back to this <laughs> nightmare website of friends. <laughs> yep. Kitty's still off the grid as usual. Uh, yep. You can find me on Twitter at Taco Detective, uh, where I post about Overwatch stuff and get mad about other things. <laughs> I get mad a lot online, but not. it's fine. No, but anyway. actually you're laughing. You actually find it funny. That's my favorite Courtney Barnett album. I get mad a lot online, but everything's fine. (laughs) That's the one. Hey, folks. This is the part of the show where my audio cut out due to technical difficulties. So just pretend that I did a really great outro. And this is the part where everybody says goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.